Good afternoon, and may the Lord give you his peace. This is Father Stosh Daly on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with your daily message of hope. Today, I invite you to join me as we spend these few moments together at the end of the afternoon. And let's direct the attention of our minds and of our hearts towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's consider the gift of the Holy Rosary. And today, during this message of hope, during these minutes we spend with each other, let's delve deeper into the mysteries of light, or as they're frequently called, the luminous mysteries. We have considered in days previous the different mysteries of the Rosary, the sorrowful, the glorious, and the joyful. Today we enter into the luminous mysteries, relatively new in the life of the Church, In 2002, St. John Paul II wrote an apostolic letter to the church, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, and in that apostolic letter, the saintly pontiff recommended an additional set of mysteries to the traditional 15 mysteries of the rosary. He did this to kind of bridge the gap, to fill in a segment between the life of our Lord Jesus Christ that is considered in the joyful mysteries and the mysteries that pick up with the sorrowful. So the mysteries of light chronologically tuck in between the joyful mysteries and the sorrowful mysteries. But oftentimes when they're listed in prayer or when they're listed in an informational booklet, the mysteries of light come at the end. But once again, chronologically, if you were to go through all of the mysteries of the rosary, you would begin with the joyful, then enter into the luminous, proceed on to the sorrowful mysteries, and then conclude with the glorious. Entering into the mystery of the resurrection, of course, with with the glorious mysteries, the last five kind of bring it all home. But the mysteries of light, uh, relatively new, nevertheless, give the one who prays an opportunity to, through the 20 mysteries, consider the life of the Lord, his whole life. Traditionally, they are assigned to pray on Thursday, So if you have the habit of praying the rosary every day, it's a great habit. It's a noble habit. It's a virtuous habit. And if you don't, I invite you to consider praying one set of the mysteries every day of the week. The day of the week that is assigned the luminous mysteries is Thursday, precisely because it's the day of the Last Supper or the First Mass. It's the day of the institution of the priesthood and the Holy Eucharist. The mysteries of light or the luminous mysteries, as they're popularly called, begin with the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan, and the fruit of that mystery is openness to the Holy Spirit. The second luminous mystery, the wedding feast at Cana, has as its fruit to Jesus through Mary. The third luminous mystery is Jesus' proclamation of the kingdom of God, and the fruit of this mystery is trust in God. The fourth luminous mystery is the transfiguration and the fruit of that mystery is a desire for holiness. The fifth luminous mystery is the institution of the Holy Eucharist, and the fruit of this mystery is adoration of the Lord. Entering into the five luminous mysteries, the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, the wedding feast at Cana, the proclamation of the kingdom of God, the transfiguration, and the institution of the Holy Eucharist. When we enter into the five mysteries of light, or the five luminous mysteries, Each one takes on its own particular beauty, and yet they complement all of the others, just like the luminous mysteries complement the sorrowful, the joyful, and the glorious. And each one of those would complement the others. 
But when we enter in the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, we of course enter into a public encounter between two cousins, the Lord Jesus Christ, our beloved Savior, and John the Baptist. It's not the first time they've met. Remember, we encounter, we meditate upon the first time they met when they were both still unborn. They were within the wombs of their mothers. That is recalled in the powerful and beautiful mystery of the visitation, one of the joyful mysteries, the second joyful mystery. But in this particular mystery, the first of the luminous, the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan, John the Baptist, his cousin, he calls out, behold the Lamb of God. Jesus enters into being baptized, beginning anew. And the fruit of that mystery, meditating upon the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, is an openness to the Holy Spirit. It's not that Jesus needed to be open to the Holy Spirit. He's one with the Father. He's God. He's the second person of the Trinity. But through his example, in his example, with his example, we learn how to become open to the Holy Spirit. We learn just how important our baptism is, just how important, tragically important, our baptism is for the salvation of our soul. You know, before we are baptized, we are loved by God, but we are a part of creation. But in baptism, we actually become children of God, properly speaking, and distinctly speaking. In baptism, we enter into what's called a filial relationship with the Lord, the Most High, the everlasting, always living God. We are able to then call God our Father, Jesus Christ our brother. We open ourselves to the Holy Spirit in that baptism. Being cleansed of original sin, we start to uh, be pulled across the bridge that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of that phrase, bridge the gap, you know? Our baptism helps to bridge the gap between our souls, which are tarnished by original sin, and the reality of God, the beauty, the beauty of God, and the reality of heaven. The baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River then becomes an opportunity for us to enter into the experience of Jesus in reality, how people saw him, interacted with him, and what the Lord was willing to undertake so as to call us to himself. In the aftermath of the resurrection, we each need an openness to the Holy Spirit so that we can be a witness to the resurrection. Through our baptism, our vocation begins to become known and eventually blossom. And through our openness to the Holy Spirit, we are constantly, always and everywhere, led by the Lord. We just have to learn how to pay attention to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That leads us into the second luminous mystery, the wedding feast at Cana. The wedding feast of Cana is a particularly special mystery. It's one of my personal favorites, primarily because we come to realize the powerful intercessory role that Mary plays. If we could but appreciate the significance of the mother asking the son to effect a miracle which begins the hour of his passion. When Jesus responds to his mother, my hour has not yet come, she knows what that means. It's the hour of the passion. It's the hour of the culmination. And yet what does she do? What does she say? At the wedding feast at Cana, Mary turns to the head servant and says, do whatever he tells you. They're the last words recorded in sacred scripture spoken by Mary. And what a fitting phrase, do whatever he tells you. The last words Mary gives to humanity in scripture, do whatever he tells you, takes place at the wedding feast at Cana. And I, I really want all of you 
If you walk away with nothing or drive away with nothing during this message of hope, remember, um, Mary not only intercedes, but she also interferes. She will interfere in the course of action if it's going to lead to harm, embarrassment, if it's going to lead to shame. At the wedding feast at Cana, we don't know if the wedding couple knew they were running out of wine, but Mary did. And Mary interfered and she interceded. She, through her powerful intercession, speaks to her son, the living God, Jesus, and lets him know what needs to be done. And it's not as if he didn't know, he is God, but it's her request to begin the passion, to begin the hour, to begin the culmination. Think of what was stirring in her heart. I always love to think about the wedding feast at Cana whenever I'm working with a couple preparing for marriage or whenever I'm counseling somebody in the sacrament of confession and you know they're just highlighting how they've failed their spouse, they failed the Lord. And I love to encourage them, just pray that mystery, pray that decade of the rosary, the wedding feast at Cana, and offer up the fruit of that, that mystery. Offer that up for your wedding, your marriage, your spouse. The fruit of that mystery then is to Jesus through Mary. May we always appreciate how we can go to Jesus through Mary because Jesus comes to us through Mary. The first miracle at Cana, the first public miracle at Cana, then leads us into the third luminous mystery, Jesus' proclamation of the kingdom of God. It's kind of like the summary of all of the miracles in the New Testament. It's the Lord walking and talking, healing, curing, restoring. It's the proclamation of the kingdom of God. He's letting humanity know the kingdom is here. It's not off in the distance. It is here. Whenever we pray that third luminous mystery, the kingdom of God, it gives us an opportunity to consider how the Lord is working within our lives, how the Lord is calling us to himself, how the Lord gives us himself in the Holy Eucharist at the Holy Mass. That then, of course, leads us to the fourth luminous mystery, the transfiguration. Remember what the transfiguration is. It takes place on Mount Tabor. Jesus is there. Peter, James, and John are with him. And he enters into prayer up on the mountain, Moses and Elijah appear. They appear with him. The one who represents the law, Moses. The one who represents the prophets, Elijah. They are with the Lord Jesus, counseling him. Not as in like giving him advice, but they are counseling him. They are with him. One may rightly intuit that they are worshiping him. He is God. And then the Father speaks. What do Peter, James, and John do? They fall. They face plant. They fall immediately to the ground. And Jesus touches them and tells them to rise and to not be afraid. It's in the transfiguration that we have an opportunity to consider how Jesus is the Lord. He is God. And the law and the prophets both build up to the person of Jesus. Prophecy and fidelity to the law both guide us towards the Lord and then remain within us when we depart his presence. Last and finally, the fifth luminous mystery, the institution of the Holy Eucharist. Every Thursday is a day of the Eucharist. Every Thursday is a day of the Last Supper. It's the day of the First Mass. It's the day of the institution of the priesthood. It's a day that is rich with blessings for us when we acknowledge that we need Jesus. So in this daily message of hope here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, my prayer for you is that as we consider the beauty, the power, the reality of the mysteries of the rosary, we may open our minds and our hearts to the Lord so that we may not only receive his peace, but we may have our hope restored and we may understand just how much he loves us 
by dwelling among us. May the Lord give you his peace.